Thanks everybody, grab a seat. Hey, uh, we're going to sing a song which is pretty special at uh, Christmas time. It's called Silent Night. But what I love is, is four volunteers, four, four young volunteers, possibly children. Uh, not like, you know, toddlers, because we'll be playing with fire. But four, and um, if you really need some extra incentive, I've got a chocolate bar. So if you're keen to light a candle, come on up. Yep, come on up. Yep, come on up, way down the back, one of you guys. <gasps> yes, and yes. All right. I don't know. I, don't, I think I said yes to four. <laughs> Maybe more. Maybe more. Right, come on up, come on up, up on stage. And I'll grab that mic and we'll find out who we've got here. Alright, someone coming? Oh, look at that dedication from the back with crunches! Okay, alright, jump up on stage guys and we'll just give a quick run through of the names. So you'll have to turn around and look at these people and say your name. Jaden. Jaden. I'm Toby. Toby. Vimpy. Vimpy. Maho. Maho, alright, thank you for volunteering. Do you want the chocolate now or later? Oh. <laughs> now I'll give it to you straight away, but what we're going to do is we're going to light two candles over there, so you guys can do those two, and two candles over there, and just kind of um, remind us as we sing Silent Nights that Jesus is the light of the world. So, do you know how to use one of these? Yes. How do you know how to use one of these? <laughs> no, okay. You've used it! Okay, right, you can go first. Okay, let's go over here, and um, <clears throat> you can choose the candle that you want to light. Good thing you guys are nice and tall, because I put it on really high. Okay. Oh, cheap candles. Yes, all right, good job. Okay, and I probably would put it back up on there because I don't want you to get burnt. Okay, nice, nice, nice. All right, we'll take it over here. Do you guys want to grab a chocolate? Are you keen for a chocolate already, Jaden? <laughs> right, thanks, thanks, people. Come over this way, Jaden and Toby. Sorry, I thought we'd go the close ones. All right, Toby, you reckon you can handle this? Okay, nice. Steady. That's pretty good, that's pretty good. Okay, now Jaden, we're a little bit of a challenging situation here. Ah, oh, good Toby's thinking, Toby. I was gonna lift Jaden up, but um, right, turn around so that everybody can see you not burn the church down. <laughs> oh, that one's got a really, that one's got a really short stub, isn't it? Okay, is it looking? Oh, it's looking good, looking good. Nice, good right, job. I'll take that. Oh no, you moved too fast. Right, try it again, try it again, try it again. Oh, right. Good. Uh oh, there we go. Oh, look at that. How many weebix did you have for breakfast this morning? Nothing. Nothing. Not enough. Okay, I'm going to do it real slow. How's that? Oh, so good. That is good. All right, there you go. Chocolate. Thanks, Toby. Did I give you a chocolate? Okay, awesome. All right, grab a seat and our band's gonna lead us in uh, singing Silent Night. Thanks, people. If you'd like to stand with us again. Silent Night, holy night, all is
You are uh, you're in very good voice this evening. I'm I'm impressed. I think it must be something to do with that yelling that you did at the beginning. Hey, um, oh, the lollies too. Hey, let me ask you a question. Very quick question. Uh, when you're a kid, think back to when you're a kid. If you're a kid, that's pretty easy. If you're not, then it's going to take a wee bit of time. But what did you want to be when you grew up? How about you just uh, maybe ask the person that you're sitting beside when they were a kid what they wanted to be, and maybe they might ask you, and then we'll see what was out there. <laughs> All right. Um, <clears throat> sounds like lots of you wanted to be lots of different things. Anybody out there want to be a, when they're a kid, when they wanted a, did they want to be a policeman when they grew up? Or a firefighter, something like that. Yeah, all right. Is that working out for you? No, okay. Uh, anybody want to be a, a doctor or a teacher? Yeah, okay. Great, yeah, great aspirations. A dancer, pilot, yeah, okay. Uh, a builder, always helpful. No one, okay. <laughs> That's rough. Uh, did anybody want to be something a little bit crazy? If you do, if you did, feel free to yell that out. Are you Kalani Pa? Oh, you are nailing that, Lily. Anybody want to be anything else that was crazy? A what? An elephant? Okay, well, I mean. Oh, right, of course, your brother, who's not here to, you know, back himself up. All right. Anything else? Any other crazy job thing that you wanted to do? A what, sorry? A ninja. Nice, I like that. Still, still hopeful. No, okay, someone said something on the back about smith. A blacksmith. Oh, that's handy, to make some swords and stuff. To take down your brothers, which of course would be not a good idea. I'll tell you what I want to be, not quite the ninja, I wanted to be a spy. And I think it was because I read a lot of mystery stories when I was a kid, you know, like the Famous Five and the Secret Seven and those sorts of ones, but I think I can actually trace it back to... This, if you can't see what I'm holding, this is a picture of it on the screen, okay? The Spy's Guidebook, published in 1978. This is my original copy that I had as a kid. And um, it's got all sorts of tips and tricks about how to be a spy. Let me, let me just read to you from the contents page. The Spy's Guidebook. You will be able to learn how to write secret messages in invisible ink. Wow. Uh, you'll be able to decipher secret codes. You'll be able to track footprints and trails, and you'll be able to use gadgets and gizmos. I mean, does that not sound exciting? Yeah, so I think the thing that I, uh, appealed to me the most was actually that stuff, but there was another whole chapter about disguises, about kind of blending into the background. And so, um, I don't know if you can tell, but... The spy on the front is wearing uh, a red trench coat and a red hat. In fact, all the spies are wearing trench coats. And I thought the best way to be a spy, to blend into the background, was to get a trench coat. So as an eight-year-old, I got a yellow one from the op shop. You can imagine me blending into that, dragging on the background, <clears throat> uh, dragging on the ground. But what I learnt was, as I read this book, was the meaning of the word incognito. And you might be aware of that word, it means disguised, concealed, masked, unrecognized. It literally means, from the Latin, to not know. To not know, to kind of blend into the background. And if, you've ever, if you've ever disguised yourself, you know that you can blend into the background and you can hear a whole bunch of stuff that you would never normally hear, like a spy. 
Well, someone who knows quite a bit about that is this man, a man called King Abdullah II of Jordan. So he is the king of the Middle Eastern country of Jordan, and he has been king for almost 25 years. And during that time, he has regularly stepped aside from his royal duties and donned a disguise. He has slipped out of the palace and mixed and mingled amongst the common people of his kingdom. Now, this is quite difficult for him because he is one of the most famous people in the country. Like there are posters of this guy, pictures of him in every office, in every shop that you go to. So it's quite hard for him to go around incognito. So what he does is he um, gets a whole lot of disguises. He puts wigs on, fake beards, a whole lot of makeup. And it's been recorded that he's done this on several occasions. So once he dressed up as an old man, put on a fake beard, put on the white robes and a headdress and everything, and stood in line with people waiting outside a government building for several hours just to kind of talk with them and, and figure out what some of their frustrations were. On another occasion, he dressed as a TV reporter and uh, his security guards were his crew and they managed to get into a hospital and uh, interview doctors and nurses about the working conditions. On another occasion, he dressed up as a taxi driver and drove random people around the streets of Amman, his capital city. And so the whole purpose of King Abdullah doing this, of going incognito, was to really connect with the people and, and hear where their problems, where, hear where they were at, find out what their problems were, what their stresses were, what their struggles were. And what he's discovered is that people are far more refreshingly honest with him when they think he's just an ordinary guy as opposed to the king. You know, long before Abdullah was going around incognito, another king went incognito. And 2,000 years ago, the Son of God stepped out of eternity and entered our world. And the miracle of that was that uh, he came not as a powerful prince, but as a helpless baby. So this king was born not in a palace, as you'd expect, but, but in a common room surrounded by people and animals, probably. The guests at his birth, they weren't A-listers, no celebrities, no politicians, just a bunch of grubby shepherds. And the promo, the promotion for this birth, there was no public broadcast, no big uh, public holidays, no street parties, just a bright, a bright star in the sky and an angelic choir. It was completely unexpected, totally incognito. Let me read to you how the Bible puts it. This is what we read in one of the first observers. He wrote, The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. So the word, that's God, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. He was full of grace and truth. And when you appreciate that the Son of God, Jesus was here, came to make his dwelling among us, you kind of just get a sense of how crazy that was, how absolutely unexpected, how completely incognito this was. In fact, that's how Jesus started out, incognito, but then things kind of changed as, as time uh, went on, as he grew into a man, his cover was blown. He started out under the radar, but then things started happening. He started saying and doing things uh, which showed people that God had a message for them. So as a man, Jesus walked uh, alongside people and he, and he heard their struggles and their stresses, but he did more than that. Jesus comforted the hurting. He healed the sick. He fed the hungry. He taught the thirsty. 
He restored the broken. He looked out for the lonely. He befriended the least, the last, and the lost. And he showed everybody what God was like, that God had a message for all people, that God cared for his creation and God cared for people and he loved people so much that he would never leave us to ourselves. He wouldn't leave us in this mess that we've created. I don't know about you, but I think that's, I think that's a message that our world needs to hear. There's a messy, messy place that we live. There is some heavy stuff happening. And we see some terrible, some tragic things coming across our news feeds every day. But in the midst of that, Jesus offers hope. You see, 2,000 years ago, the world was under oppression. People were uh, in occupation. There was conflict. There was violence. There was disruption. There was destruction. And the same is still happening now, right? And so Jesus stepped into that world, and he brings light into the darkness. He brings hope to the hopeless, joy to the discouraged, favor to the forgotten. Jesus shows us what God is like, and he promised us a better way to live if we would follow in his footsteps and join his family. This is what that first observer wrote about him. He came into the world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. I don't know about you, but I'm guessing probably throughout this year you've had, you've had some tough times. Maybe you've had some struggles, some stresses, there's been some hardships, maybe even some hurts. I want to tell you tonight that you can share those with Jesus. You can take those to him as a friend. I mean, yeah, sure, he's, he's the king of the universe, he's all-powerful, but he knows what it's like to walk this dusty planet. He's experienced sorrow and loss. And if you are willing to believe in him, that he is who he says he is, and accept that he can do what he says he can do, then he promises to call you a child of God. And I need to tell you, that's, that's not going to make everything instantly perfect. But there's something comforting about knowing that the Son of God, the King of Kings, is walking beside us every day. So if you want to find out more about how good it is to be a child of God, then please have a chat with me afterwards. But friends, I just simply want to remind you of this, this Christmas, that you know that God is with us and that he is no longer incognito. He is here, he is dwelling among us. And he invites you to know him, to believe in him, to accept him, and to experience his grace and truth in your lives. So, as we celebrate Christmas, may you know his life, his love, his joy, his hope that was given to us, wrapped up in a baby. The King of Kings. He invites you into his family. This is Jesus. This is a time for bright lights to fill the sky, for wonder, joy, and celebration. This is the time for families to make the long journey home, bursting with anticipation. This is when unexpected visitors arrive with gifts beyond anything we could imagine, when songs fill the air and hope fills our hearts for miracles ready to happen. 
This is the fulfillment of centuries of promise that sages of ages past longed to see. A distant God who chose to dwell among his people. A king arriving as a baby. Tiny hands destined to one day heal the sick and feet that will walk on water. Wrapped up tight in swaddling clothes, held close by his tired mother. This is love and color and life and peace and feasting, forgiveness and generosity. Glorious, victorious, hope for the world with limitless possibility. All rolled up in one tiny fragile gift. So much more than it seems on the surface. This is Jesus. This is Christmas.